Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos daf mem Beis. We're starting 10 lines from the top of the two dots. Our Mishnah had told us that a person may take hot water and place it into a cup, and it was unclear what exactly we were talking about. The Gemara says, Tan Rabbanan, A person may place hot water into cold, but not cold into hot. That's Beishamah's opinion. Beishamah is using the concept called Tata'agavar, which means the lower one dominates. This applies both by Hilchas Shabbos and by Hilchas Kashras. When I have two different substances, one lower, one higher, the lower one will always dominate the upper one. Therefore, when I place cold water on top of hot, the hot water will dominate the cold and cook it at least slightly. However, when I pour hot water onto cold, so the cold one will dominate the hot one and therefore just warm it up. That's why Beishamah says hot onto cold, but not cold onto hot. Beishamah says, Whether it's hot into cold or cold into hot, mutter, that's permitted. But medvrim rim, when is it said? Bekais, in a cup, because a cup is A, a klisheni, therefore it doesn't have the ability to cook. B, since you want to drink the water, it's not going to be so hot. Therefore, you're even allowed to take cold and place it onto hot. Avol bambati, if we're talking about water in a bath, only Hot bath water being poured into a cold bath, but not cold water being poured into a hot bath because the hot bath is clearishon and therefore will have the ability to cook the water poured onto it. He says this is usr. And the Gemara is going to clarify what this means, this is usr. Rav Nachman says, The Allah is like Rav Shimonasya. Gemara says, Rav Yosef was inclined to say, a wash basin which is smaller than a bath, has the same halacha as a bath. Which which is hot into cold, but not cold into hot. First of all, Ruchia said that a Seifel wash basin is not like an Abati. It's more lenient. And that was you thought may occur originally to Seifel Harehu Kambati that a wash basin is like a bath. But Rav Nachman told us that is like Rav Shem that it is Aser. So you would never be able to wash yourself with hot water on Shabbos. We had already said that a person may wash Panav Yadav Raglav, face, hands, and feet on Shabbos. Shabbos with hot water if it was heated up before Shabbos, we're going to assume that the water is sitting in a bath in order to retain its heat so we can have a very hot bath with a lot of hot water. However, you would have to dilute this water with some cold water in order to wash yourself properly. So how would you do it? You would probably do it with a wash basin and you would have to dilute it with cold water. Well, if Rav Shem Manasseh tells us that it is usr, referring to a bath, and then we're going to apply that halacha to a wash basin, so then there's no normal way to dilute your hot water with cold water unless you're going to do it in a a cup, that's not a very normal or comfortable way to wash yourself just with cupfuls of warm water. So the Gemara says, hold on, is Rab Shimon's halacha, meaning Rab Shimon Bemenasi's halacha, going on the seifa, it's really going on the reisha, matirin, it's going on the stage that Beishel allows, bein chamen, bein chamen, hot into cold, cold into hot. So on that Rab Shimon Bemenasi says that that's aser, that cold into hot is going to be usr because the hot is going to cook the cold. But not in abati. In abati, hot into cold is okay, just cold into hot is not okay. Just like what, how we had understood it previously. The Gemara says, Are you going to tell me that Rav Shem holds like Beishamai? Because Beishamai was the one that said hot into cold, but not cold into hot in the Reisha. That means that Rav Shem is agreeing to him. And that's unlikely. The Gemara says, you're right, Hachi Kamar. This is what he's saying. The Beishamai actually don't argue in the case of a cup that cold into hot is not okay and hot into cold is okay. However, by an ambati and by a seifel, everyone agrees that cold into hot is not okay and hot into cold is okay. I saw that Ravah, he wasn't stringent about the type of vessel he used and he even used a wash basin 
hot into cold, cold into hot, no problem. Where did he get this from? A person may take a flask of water and place it into a wash basin of water. Whether hot into cold or cold into hot. So we see hot in, there's no difference cold and hot or hot and cold with a wash basin. Maybe that case is different to Mifsakli because the walls of the vessel are interrupting it because you have a, a flask that's inside a wash basin of hot water. So the walls are are preventing a true transfer of heat. Amrlay, so we told him no, Ma'ara Itmar, it really the Brisa itself was really referring to pouring something. Ma'ara Adam Kiton Shamayam a person may pour a flask of water into a wash basin of water, whether hot into cold, cold into hot. So that's Rava's support for why he even used a wash basin for hot into cold and cold into hot and didn't differentiate. Says the Mishnah, Ha'ilfas Vakadera, a frying pan in a pot, Shevir Merusachin, that were removed from the fire, Banashmashis, and they're still boiling hot. Boiling hot over here refers to that they're at the stage of Yatsilatisbai, that the hand recoils when touching them, and they can still have the ability to cook as long as they have the stage of heat, since they're considered a Kli Rishain. Therefore, don't place spices into them because the spices will get cooked. Membezamabez on the top, Avulnaisin Hulasekhakaara, he may place these spices into food that's inside of a bowl, Oilasekhatamchoi, or that's inside of some sort of dish, and then they will not get cooked because that's already cliche and it doesn't have the ability to cook the spices. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, he's allowed to place spices into anything, except for something that has vinegar or fish brine in it, that increases the heat of the food and therefore will have the ability to cook the spices. The Gemara says, questions asked, Rabbi Huda, was Rabbi Huda going on the first part of the Mishnah and he's actually being very lenient that even though it's a Kli Rishain, you're allowed to put the spices in and they won't cook, unless the dish has vinegar fish brine. He's going on the safe of the Mishnah. He's being machmir that even though it's in a klisheni, you're allowed to put it in unless it has chaymets v'tzir. Tashma, the Gemara says, He says, To any frying pans, you're allowed to put spices. In any sort of hot pot, you're allowed to put spices. Except for something that has vinegar or fish brine. So clearly we see he's lenient. Even in a klishon, someone's allowed to put spices into it. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef was inclined to say salt is just like spices. The bchilirisha and bashla cooks in a klirisha and bchilisheni loy bashla. It will not cook in a klisheni. Amalei Abaye Abaye said Tani Rav Chia Rav Chia taught us in a brisa melech eni ketavlin that salt is not like spices. The bchilisheni nami bashla it will cook in a klisheni. It's actually very easy to cook. Upliged Rav Nachman this is not like Rav Nachman. Dar Rav Nachman Rav Nachman teaches us tzricha milcha bishul kabeser detura that salt needs intense cooking like the meat of an ox and even even if it's in a klirishon, unless that klirishon is on the fire, the salt's not going to cook. Vikad Amri, some say the discussion went as follows. So Rav Yosef was inclined to say, salt is like spices, that it cooks in a klirishon and not in a klisheni. And Amalei Abayah, Abayah told him, salt is not like spices, it doesn't even cook in a klirishon. And Vahainu to Amr of Nachman, that is the same thing that Rav Nachman taught us that salt needs as intense cooking as the meat of an ox and therefore it only cooks if it's in a klirishon which is on the fire but not off the fire. Now from here till the end of the parak, we're going to be discussing the concept of mukta. Mukta is a dindra banan and therefore we will encounter a number of leniencies throughout the Gemara. Mukta literally means set aside. Anything that was not prepared or muchan before Shabbos is considered enoy min ha not prepared. It's mukta and may not be touched or moved 
removed or used depending on the status of this particular type of mukta. Mukta can apply to both objects and food. Now the way to make something mukhan varies. Sometimes it actually needs to be physically altered. Other times the owner simply needs to have in mind that he wants to use it on Shabbos. And many items by definition are considered mukhan and may be used on Shabbos without any sort of preparation. There is a famous machlekes that we've briefly touched upon previously between Reb Shimon and Reb Yehuda. Although they both agree to the concept of mukta, they argue about the extent of the restrictions of mukta. Reb Shimon is very lenient when it comes to mukta. We will delve into the details of his opinion and reasoning in a few daf, but in general, he holds that mukta only applies to something that one consciously set aside from use. Reb Yehuda is more machmir and holds that even if one merely didn't expect to use this item, it has the status of mukta. Now there's almost no sugya that involves mukta that doesn't discuss the opinions of Reb Shimon and Reb Yehuda. Many a time Reb Shimon is called Lesley Mukta, that he doesn't hold of the concept of Mukta, but this simply means that he's more lenient when it comes to Mukta, not that he doesn't hold of it. Now with that, says the Mishnah, One may not take a vessel, let's say a bowl, and place it underneath a lamp in order to catch dripping oil. If he did so, on Erev Shabbos, Mutter, then it's permissible to leave the bowl there. One may not have benefit from the oil that drips into the bowl on Shabbos, because that oil was not minamuchan, it was designated for lighting in the lamp and not for use for something else on Shabbos. Now Rashi provides us with two possibilities of what the time of this Mishnah holds, and both of these will be explored in the Gemara. First of all is Ein Kli Nitel Hanitel. A non-mukta item may not be carried for the purpose of a mukta item. The oil in this lamp is mukta because it was set aside only for use in the lamp, so this bowl, which is a non-mukta item, may not be carried for the oil, which is mukta. The second option is which is nullifying the preparedness of a vessel. Once this bowl, a non-mukta item, catches some oil in it, the bowl may not be moved because the oil is mukta and the bowl is now considered a basis, a base for the mukta oil. This is similar to cementing the bowl in place, which is an iser of baina building. So when we're going to see these two concepts, a non-mukta item may not be carried for the purpose of a mukta item, and which is nullifying the preparedness of the vessel. Says the Gemara, even though we said we may not place a vessel underneath a hen to catch its egg that it's going to lay, we may overturn a vessel on top of this egg that was laid, so this shouldn't break. An egg that's laid on Shabbos is considered mukta because it's nailed, it was just created today, therefore one is not allowed to touch this egg. So we see that Rav Chizda applies this first concept that we had seen in our Mishnah, a non-mukta item may not be moved for the purpose of a mukta item, he applies it in some cases, in other cases he doesn't. He does not allow us to use a non-mukta vessel to catch an egg which is mukta, however he does allow us to use this non-mukta vessel to cover over the egg in order to prevent it from breaking. So now we have to understand why he'll apply this concept in one place and not in another. Amar Rabbah, Rabbah says, my time with Rav Chizda, what's Rav Chizda's reasoning? Kasavar, he holds a hen will is likely to lay its leg in a garbage heap, which is in a very public place where a lot of people walk. However, it's not likely to lay its egg in a place with, that is sloped meaning that the egg perhaps is going to roll and then break. And the Chachamim allowed us to take precautions to prevent commonplace losses. However, something that's not commonplace, they did not allow us to take precautions to prevent that. Therefore, something which is commonplace, 
an egg being laid in a garbage heap in a public place, it's very possible someone's going to come and step on an egg. Therefore, they relaxed the restriction that you're not allowed to carry a non-mukta item for a mukta item and allowed you to cover over this egg with a vessel. However, in terms of catching an egg that might be laid in a slopey place, since that's very unlikely that's going to happen, they didn't relax their restrictions. Therefore, they did not allow us to carry that vessel, the non-mukta vessel, for a mukta item. Says Gemara, Esau Abayi Abayi asks, The Chachamim didn't allow us to take precautions to prevent even a non-commonplace loss? Vatanya, we have a brysa. If a person has a barrel of tevel, something that did not have true meister taken off of it, and this is this food inside this barrel is therefore a mukta, because you're not allowed to eat it without the true meister taken off of it. This barrel broke, so maybe Kli, a person's allowed to take a vessel and place it underneath the food in order to catch it. We see that a non-mukta item, a non-mukta vessel is allowed to be carried for the purpose of mukta stuff, and this is very unlikely that a barrel of tevel is going to break. So Rabba answers, no, but we're talking about a brand new barrel, it's very likely that it's going to break. Eisvei, so Abai asked another question, you're allowed to place a vessel underneath the, the lamp to catch the sparks that fly out of the lamp in order to prevent it from catching something else on fire. Sparks flying out is very unlikely. Rabba says, no. Sparks flying out is also very likely, and therefore, we are going to relax the restriction of for this case also. We're going to stop right here, and we're going to pick up in the middle of the sugya tomorrow. Everyone should have a wonderful day.